Hey everyone, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends recap romance novels while waxing philosophic, wondering aloud, and pouring our thirst into the world where it belongs. Next week, we, as a podcast, as a community, and as an overall ideology, are observing the most sacred day we've made up so far. St. Vincent's Day is nearly upon us. April 2nd is the day that we celebrate the sexiest rake, the bringer of all the creature comforts, the devil in angel's veneer, Sebastian the Lord St. Vincent. We'll have a special episode for you next Monday, but we thought it only appropriate that we re-release the episode that started it all. So, this is Devil in Winter by Lisa Kleypas, Part 1. Parts 2 and 3 are in the back catalog. Here we go. Hi, Erin! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> melody, Melody, Melody. How are you? Good. I'm back from hiatus. Are you refreshed? Oh, I'm so refreshed and renewed. Look at us fucking lying. Look We're at us lying. being fucking liars. We're I know lying. you're not repre- refreshed and renewed. I know you're not. I have a confession to make to you. What? That is, I'm bad at not working on the podcast. <laughs> do you you did work on the podcast the whole month? I'm bad at, yeah. I worked on the podcast the whole month. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to. Well, like, I felt unmoored without podcast. didn't want to work on podcast. I, I had no... You know this. I do very little for podcast. Melody does all work for podcast. Erin <laughs> cannot get motivated to work for podcast. And I was like three weeks off. But it wasn't because we did read like two books during that three weeks. And then... We read this book, so I, I felt like I mostly was still doing podcasts. <laughs> still doing podcasts. <laughs> you yeah. read those other books for pleasure, though, and we like. Sort I read of talked one about book for pleasure, one pleasure book, one. Fair. And honestly, if if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I would really like to do it on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe if you guys will. didn't, if you're not Patreon subscribers, we talked about uh, a lot of our hiatus reading on Patreon to include The Roommate, which was the one book I read and very much loved and very, very much. much loved both of us. Yes. We Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I would like to cover it on podcast in the yeah. future at some so point. So good. Such a good book. Wow. Such a such a good. I mean, I didn't get to talk about all of my reading on on Patreon, Aaron. You didn't have <laughs> dare you didn't melody. let me talk about she, I would you guys she spoke about she recapped reading. like eight books this <laughs> month <laughs> <laughs> that's why i feel like we didn't hiatus from podcast i still listen to like eight alien <laughs> melody alien book recaps you that's listened why. to two of them and how i read dare, like a how dozen. dare toxic <laughs> desires when she purrs when she dances also different ones that weren't didn't have <laughs> aliens, but there was the one with like the sex video lady, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and then there was the one with the cult in it. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I did Look, read that one too. That's I five. read like twenty books. I feel like. On yeah, I know you read so much books. <laughs> I'm envious of you. But then, so then I was like, "Ugh, hiatus is over. Have to read book." And my God, did my God. Devil in Winter just give me? life 
So I have something awkward to tell the listener. You didn't like it? Uh, I think this is now just a Lisa Kleypas podcast. Oh! Oh, God! Oh, my God! I was so scared. You scared me so much. Did you see the color drain from my face? I did, and it was delightful over here. (laughs) Rough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I really, I feel like for the rest of Heaving Bosoms, we're just going to read Lisa Kleypas books. (laughs) Well, we have, listen, the five-star reviews demanding we read this book or any, like, it started out, please read Dreaming of You, please read Devil in Winter. Like, people were picking specific ones. And then this last year or so, it's just been like, my God, just read any. We don't (laughs) care. Um, So here you are. And and they were right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I love this thing from start to finish. Um, I am obsessed with the hero. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. hugely obsessed with him. I'm pretty obsessed with Evie too. Um, but good She's lord, fine. Saint Vincent. So I... is it Saint Vincent or is it something weird they're going <laughs> to tell me about later? Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. <laughs> St. Vincent. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay, I should say I've read, I first of all, I need to eat a little bit of crow, not that she's going to listen, but my good friend of many years, Leslie, has oh. always been a Lisa Kleypas stan and like constantly always telling yeah. me, you need to read Lisa Kleypas, like way before podcast when Aaron was just reader of contemporary and paranormal romances. Yeah. And I was always like, I don't like historical romance, Leslie. I've never <laughs> tried it. But I know that I don't like it. Like a child who won't eat meatloaf or Mm -hmm. something, you know? Like, I've never tried it, but I know I don't like it. I don't like the covers. (laughs) So I never read one. And then I read Dreaming of You when Faded Mates was doing their, like, book. uh, It was in one of their series. I don't know if it was Books That Blooded Us or one one of those. I think it was Books That Blooded Us, yeah. Because it's all they talk about on the Twitter is the Derek Craven and the Dreaming of Uh You. And I was just like, well, I guess I got to know. And I read it, and I thought it was fine. Like, I okay. thought it was good. It was good. Yeah. But it was no better than uh, any of the other historical. You know what? Here's something, Sarah McLean, if you're listening. It Uh-oh. was no better than any Sarah McLean book I've read. Ayo. So think about that. Think about That's that. Right. Put that feather in your cap. That's so, right. You know, it was fine. Um, but the big Twitter debate is who's better, Derek Craven of D- Dreaming of You or Sebastian St. Vincent from this book oh, and it is just no contest like i don't understand how those faded mates <laughs> is he a better man Derek craven yes <laughs> is he nicer yes is he, no, he tougher? can't possibly be nicer he he's, can't possibly just like overall i mean in the world nicer like more likely to go to heaven i'm gonna go craven <laughs> on this one is he is he better at fighting? Yes. He's, <laughs> on paper. Sure. Sure. But the answer to the question is Sebastian St. Vincent. <laughs> it's hands down. I haven't yet read Dreaming of You because I'm a hot dummy. Well, here's a spoiler. He doesn't make anybody's feet warm in it. There's oh. a spoiler. There's no There's- back massages. <laughs> There's no hot broth just jumping out of the weeds. No hot broths. <laughs> oh, he steals her glasses. Uh, does that's all he, they talk about. Oh, he steals her glasses. Like, does he make her cozy? 
Does, no. Does he, he ever? Does he ever use a basin to rinse out her hair? I ask you, oh Eric. Oh my god! He like untangled it with his <laughs> fingers, which <laughs> like. Fingers. Weirdly enough, when Bill I, the Vampire does it, it grosses me out. Seriously. And you yeah. know how I feel about the Southern Vampire Mysteries. <laughs> I do. But when Sebastian St. Vincent, the Lord St. Vincent, does uh-huh. do it, I just <laughs> love it. You do a big swoon? Because I was doing some big swoons. You know why? Why? It's because Aaron? when St. Vincent did it for this heroine, it was because she was so tired and so worn out Mm -hmm. she couldn't lift her arms and so like just getting out of this emotional abusive horrible situation like just awful awful hadn't eaten in days cold so cold so cold she couldn't untangle her own hairs Mm -hmm. so he had to do it for her bill the vampire just went in there before sookie like had any (laughs) just like i can brush my own hair you know (laughs) anyway all right should we get started yes okay so this supposed asshole, this absolute rake the Wait, ages. Wait, no. We should go back. We should say what has happened in other books. Okay, we so. should. You're right. Okay. So Dreaming of You starred Derek Craven, who is the owner of a gambling hall, and his big competitor was Ivo Jenner. Yes. Ivo Jenner? Ivo Jenner. Hermione? Ivo Jenner. Hermione? I've been saying Ivo. I'm okay, not even questioning it. We're just going to go with it. We're just going to go. I haven't listened Ivo. to an audio. Ivo. Ivo Jenner was kind of the like uh, more rough and tumble, run down, seedier gambling club, mm-hmm. and Derek Craven was like the the upscale, like gentlemanly one. Sure. And so Ivo Jenner was kind of the villain in that book. I think he like kidnaps the heroine, maybe a little bit or something. I do like that. recall something like that happening. Something yeah. to that effect. And then so Ivo Jenner's daughter. Evie is the heroine in this book. Mm-hmm. Additionally, in the second Wallflowers book, which this is book three of that series, the heroine, Lillian, the big climax yeah. is that the heroine gets uh, kidnapped and it's nearly... It's a small kidnap. Teeny, teeny, Gets kidnapped and like nearly forced to marry and uh, raped, maybe raped, like threatened I... to be raped. A big threat of rape. Mm-hmm. By the horrible villain, villain <laughs> slash sexy man, Sebastian St. Vincent. <laughs> and I even like halfway through it because I've read, I've read um, the, so, now I can't, it happened one autumn, the second one in this series. Yes. And I went back and looked to be like, was it that bad? And mm-hmm. like, it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing what you're saying. I just need you to know that it, it was pretty bad. No, I hear he you. Does, he does big threaten to big rape. It's a big threaten. He you know? does. He does tie up and say, I'll be back later to consummate this thing <laughs> while you're tied up, even though it's pretty clear you're not mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. had some mistakes. Of mistakes were logic. Made. You know, he did not believe that she was in love with that hero. He didn't believe that that was a love match between. So that makes it okay. Um, Also, we find out things in this book that would suggest that that never would have happened. Okay. So had what? (laughs) What? (laughs) That we find out that he has never 
forced anyone against no, their will. No, and she was just threatening he, like, to rape physically her. physically can't, Which put right? her in primal fear for yeah, her life. Yeah, um, he was mostly just doing like a psychological torture, you and know? that's one thing that I love about Sebastian St. Vincent is yeah. he loves a threat. He loves a threat. That he will never go through with. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. is a sexy quality in a murder smolder. Yeah, he's all dangerous bluster, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, just so you know, uh, it was bad, but <laughs> we do forgive. We are apologists. He had really good reasons, and the reasons were he was poor and wanted her money. That's right. <laughs> he was so destitute. Yeah, it makes it okay when you're threatened with being possibly middle class. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's a hell I live every day, Aaron. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I would I would do almost anything to be a lord, an England lord, instead of this hell we're living in. That's right. That's not true. We're very uh, grateful for our... We're, no, we're very, very happy. ...situations okay. in life. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sebastian is yes. sitting in front of his fire. He's all bruised up and battered because, boy, did his best friend... Also, he did this to his best friend in the world. His best yeah. friend's girlfriend. Is yeah. The, yeah. And so, boy, did his best friend beat him to a bloody pulp, you, you know? And good for him. Good for you know? him. Great job. And you know what? Mm-hmm. He's learned his lesson. He's boy. done his time. He's paid for his crimes. Let's He's just really forget. Let's, Let's forget. <laughs> he has not quite made amends, okay? Yeah. But <laughs> he certainly slinked away in a very sexy manner. Yes, he did <laughs> slink well. All right. Okay. So... He's sitting in front of his fire, like licking his wounds. He's so morose. He's like, yeah. "How? What am I gonna do when my allowance finally get a job?" And no, I certainly could not. And all of a sudden, Evangeline Jenner, Evie, is walking into his drawing room or wherever he's sitting, and he is so rude to her. He's like, he's like, the proper thing to do would be to get up, but I'm. I'm not going to do that for this stammering wallflower. I love how mean and rude he is to her. (laughs) He's so mean (laughs) and rude. He sees her and he like recalls that she's the one that has the stutter. And he's like, oh, God, this is going to take a long time (laughs) because of her stutter, which is not. Which is horrible. We're against against it. Oh no, we're gonna get so many emails. are so true, but when I say them out loud, there's no problem. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What? You know what? Lisa Clavis is tying us up in knots. It's not our fault. Okay, Lisa Clavis, stop being so fucking talented. Yeah. So he says to her, "Have a seat if you'd like." Though I shouldn't plan to stay long if I were you, I'm easily bored, and your reputation is hardly that of a scintillating conversationalist. Woof! <laughs> Hot. So, basically, um, he's like, uh, she says, you kidnapped my friend last week. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And then his inner monologue is like, I know her to be stupid and boring, and I yeah. avoided her at all costs. And, like, she just sits on the sidelines, and I can't even with her. Why is she here? But mm-hmm. while he's talking to her, yeah, it, like, occurs to him uh-huh. that she's, like, kind of cute. All of a sudden, he's like, I don't know what's happening 
like in my body. He has like but some it body like reactions. My blood vessels are opening maybe? My goosebumps are going. Ooh. My hairs on my neck are I got some weird. some bumps on my gooses. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and then he says, apropos of nothing in my notes, I just have it highlighted. It says, um, basically he's comparing the two of them. And he's like, she's virginal, she's innocent, she's boring, she's everything I have never, ever wanted in a woman. And it says, because he was debauched, amoral, and perversely proud of it. Hell yeah. And I just, you know, Uh just in my whole bones, it's a boner, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So Evie knows that Sebastian kidnapped Lillian because she was rich and Sebastian is poor and he's losing his fortune and his dad is a duke and he didn't do the duke thing and keep the fortunes or whatever. Right. And so he wanted to snatch up that lady and marry her to get her fortune. Evie is in this horrible situation where her dad, who owned the gambling club, has tuberculosis and is dying very soon. And her mother's side of the family has basically kidnapped her and is forcing her to marry her first cousin, who sucks. Who sucks. So that they can secure Evie's father's fortune so it can pass to her mother's side of the family. Yes. And her dad kind of always pushed her off on them as she was, her mom died in childbirth. Her dad pushed her off on the mom's side of the family because he didn't want to raise her in a gambling club, which, you know, good if these parent people weren't horrible. They're horrible right. people. And right. they abuse her physically and emotionally. When she wouldn't marry the cousin, they starved her. It's awful. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, and I think that we should note that before that, before they even had this in their minds about, you know, getting her fortune for themselves, they at at the very least emotionally abused her for her whole life because they were punishing her for her mother's misdeeds in their mind because she eloped with Ivo Jenner. They like it was... It was a bad in their mind. And like her dying was the the moral retribution she deserved in their right. mind. Because she was like a proper lady and he was like a scoundrel. Right. Then it turns into like her uncle hits her all the time and they starve her. And they've always told her how ugly she is and how, you know, how dumb she is because they've mistaken her speech impediment for a lack of intellect, which is right. just incredible and you know what doesn't make it better is constantly being belittled and beaten and starved and abandoned by your family yes it does make that worse because it is a psychological condition so right it makes you i don't know even more uh uncomfy all the time right you know you can it doesn't it doesn't help your social anxiety (laughs) you know So she's in a real pickle, you know, because she's she really she's, is. she's betrothed to this cousin and her dad's dying rapidly. And she thinks to herself, I have money. Right. I have so much money. So if he was willing to commit crime, again, drug and kidnap my best right. friend. You know, the bad. Is, it's all bad. What a heinous. It's almost unforgivable. Nearly. We're going to forgive him, though. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> if he was willing to do all those horrible misdeeds in order to procure her fortune, he would probably like it if he could marry me. And then that would fix my problem. And she's, and even now, she's like basically thinking that his marrying her is like 
a difficulty that he would have mm-hmm. to overcome. Oh, right. Exactly. Like, she's the one that would be unsatisfactory in that relationship. Right. Right. And it's, oh, it's so sad. <sighs> okay. So she says all of this to him, basically. She's like, Can I, may I read? Oh, please. My father is rich, Evangeline said, without emotion and dying. Yeah. Congratulations. Sebastian <laughs> studied her intently. <laughs> oh, I love him. I do too. Well, so then she's like telling him this whole thing and she says, by the way, like they want me to marry cousin Eustace and I'm roughly 98% sure that they plan to murder me after they secure my fortune. Yes. And he says something like, and why should I care? Yes. And then she keeps on she keeps on going and then he goes, you had better say something interesting soon or I'm afraid you'll have to leave. <laughs> I, my heart beats only for him. I, I know, me too. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I love it I love so, it so much. much. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so she looks at him dead in the face. And meanwhile, she has a, you know, she has a mild stammer during this conversation, but he is, is very intrigued by the fact that he keeps on trying to bait her by insulting her and being very rude and all of that. And she, she is just like deadpan, only facts. And she looks at her, looks at him and says, I'm offering to marry you. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. I cannot get away from my relations if I am single. I can't just go to a friend's house and, you know, ask for sanctuary because Mm -hmm. they have no legal recourse to protect me. My uncle will get me at some point. I keep on getting caught every time I try to go to my dad's club. I need to be married so I'm legally out from under them. Oh, yeah. That's part of the urgency is they don't let her go visit her dad anymore and he's dying and she loves him and she wants to visit him. She wants him... To know that there's somebody who loves him, who's caring for him in his final hours, everyone, because Evie is the best. She's a good person. Ah! So by the end of the chapter, they agree. And also he identifies her as a sexy woman. Yes. But she yes. also identifies him as a sexy man. Oh, boy. There's a there's a moment where he stands up and her eyes rake down his body and he notices and he likes it. So he, he says... Are we going to just be married in a marriage of convenience or are we going to sleep together occasionally? Uh-huh. And she's like, I will sleep with you one time right. so that the marriage is legal and then never again. Never again. And he's like, well, I'll need an heir, but you can pretty much, I don't really care if it's mine. I just right. need it to be. So as long as fine. you're discreet and nobody asks questions, yeah. I don't give a fuck. And then he says something like, ugh, I wouldn't be so bourgeoisie as to, uh, as to have fuck sex my with my own, own wife. wife. <laughs> Um, so then she asks kind of an important question about whether or not he did rape her best friend that's right she does get that on the table she's like did you and more than that she says would you have well that's the thing she she says did you and he was like well i don't know i threatened to i was pretty desperate but i didn't get the opportunity and then (laughs) She says, but would you have, would you have forced yourself on her or not? And I'm not doing the stammering, but it is written into the thing. She's very nervous when she's saying this. I mean, obviously, everybody would be. Yeah, it's just, I I just wanted everyone to know. She's not speaking clearly. She's very, very, very nervous. Mm -hmm. Sebastian stared at her with patent mockery. If I say so, Miss Jenner, how would you know if I were lying or not? Yeah. No, I would not have raped her. Is that the answer you want? (laughs) Believe it then if it makes you feel safer. (laughs) No, I never I would not would have, have raped done her. that. <laughs> I love him. What is the matter with me? Okay. 
So by the end of the chapter, they agree. He stands up. She does the eye raking down his body because he's a hot, you guys. He He's described through this whole thing as like a fallen dark angel or something. And it's, yes. you know, it's not terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. I need one more thing. I don't care if it's a five-part episode, Melody. I know. Settle in. Settle in. We're back from hiatus, bitches. We're back. Wow. <laughs> I have to say something that is important to me about... <laughs> Lisa Claypest so far. This is oh my, my second. Gosh. No, my third, because I read the s- second. Maybe it's. It, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. The problem I had with Derek Craven. Yeah. One of the problems I had with Derek Craven was he did nearly strangle a lady to death during Correct. his book. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was not a nice lady, as Sarah McLean likes to point out when we have this debate. Right. However, he did strangle her hard. He did do that strangle, and he was serious about it. And he was serious. She did turn a color, <laughs> and she mm-hmm. he could have easily killed her. If not then, then days later, you guys know how I feel about strangling. When they agree that they're going to oh. do this, oh my god! he's like, okay, I got to go get a carriage ready and pack my shit. He says, we'll leave within the hour. Incidentally, if you decide to back out on our agreement at any time during our journey, I will strangle you. <laughs> I loved it. I swooned. (laughs) So all the times where I said that I don't know about Craven versus St. Vincent, but it must be St. Vincent because he doesn't strangle anyone. Uh, I don't know. He would never (laughs) strangle her, though, because of love. Right. Like, here's the thing. He's all sexy, dangerous bluster. He is. He's all bluster. Derek Craven is a man of action. He's all like, I have a bad boy image and I'm going to yes. I'm gonna always cash in on my bad boy image and I'm going to do just enough to maintain this bad boy image. Mm-hmm. But real on the inside, boy, is he just a soft little cinnamon roll that you that wants to warm your feet and rub your shoulders and dick you real good. <laughs> I like, I don't know what else to say. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. Okay, so in the next chapter, she gets shown up to an upstairs room to like freshen up or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I mean, I'm going to be traveling in a carriage for two days straight. Because they're going to zoom. To Gretna Green. Oh, yeah. Which is a special place in England times. No, it, right. In England times, but in Scotland. England times geography. Scotland. Geography. So, <laughs> in Outlander times, this was a... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I know that that's wrong. Don't send the emails. Yeah, don't worry about it. In Outlander Highlander times, there was... <laughs> England. In England times Highlander, there's a special place where you can go and marry somebody. 
when you can't marry them in England times. Because in England times, you need, like, special permissions. Bans and stuff. Like, uh, uh, written. It's got to be announced. You guys... It's the Vegas of England times. You don't need That's any blood tests. You don't need to get a certificate. You don't need the queen to say it's cool. We don't care. We don't care. Is this lady <laughs> drugged and beaten and you've taken her to Credit <laughs> Green to marry her on, against her will? We're fine with it. So that's where they've got to zoom to so that they can get themselves married without her family finding out. Yeah, because she knows that her uncle Peregrine is out in the streets right now, knocking down doors, attempting to find her. And she's terrified that he's going to get wind. Yeah. Oh, swoop down and get her. Mm -hmm. So she is up there and she's like washing her hands or whatever because she's like, I'm not because she climbed down a drain pipe out of a second story window in order to run out the gate and like hail a hackney okay yeah there's dust all over her and she's like i'm not changing this for the carriage anyway he comes into the room and she's like oh are you ready and then as she turns around to looks at him oh she's got a big woozy it's a big woozy in here and she does a tiny little stumble and so then he catches her by her elbows and he goes good lord when was the last time you ate and she goes oh yesterday because they're starving her yeah and he goes don't tell me the family was also starving you and she was like uh like only mildly and he does not care he does he's like okay care. well let me, he does no, care. he says he doesn't care but he, he does says he care. doesn't care but he does care the thing yeah. about lisa claypus is it's not she does head hopping yeah and people will tell you well i hate head hopping head hopping sucks not when she writes it it's good though it's great so we're not like in her perspective for a chapter and then in his perspective for a chapter in third person right we're always in everyone's perspective yeah so for that moment we're in her head but like uh-huh. when we switch back to him like it's clear to me that he oh clear cares. from the beginning because here's the thing but it's not clear what to her what he says out loud is uh, take my arm I'm going to take you down the stairs. And obviously what that means is, oh, my God, they've been abusing you. Like, I'm going to get you sandwiches and make sure you're safe. Mm -hmm. But what she hears is the words he says out loud, (laughs) which is, I can't have you falling down the stairs and lose your fortune before we even get to Gretna Green. We can't have you die before we get there. (laughs) I need to marry you before you kick it. All right. Would you like to know what he looks like i would when she gets back to the room she does think about him Mm. and what he did look like Mm -hmm. oh and we should also talk about her because she's she's not too shabby herself she's fine she's got like red hair or whatever what are you talking about she's She's fine she's like got skin she's fine you guys evie is hot evie's got this this red hair that's like always over her shoulders and stuff and it's gorgeous and shiny even though she's basically malnourished i want to know how she how do you do that, Evie? Mm-hmm. And um, she's got that alabaster skin and these adorable freckles that just do things. And her emotions are always on her face because she can't help but blush every every you know turn of the the head. Uh, and she's just and she's a we'll get to it later, but she's a well proportioned lady, as he says it. Sorry, Erin. What what is what does he look like? More importantly. <laughs> <laughs> He, Sebastian, Lord St. Vincent, was the complete opposite of her yeah. dream lover. Yeah. There was nothing she's kind. dumb right now. Since she, oh, so she's dreamed of having like a sensitive, nice boy who doesn't care about her stammer. Who likes take her into his, her, yeah. Take him in, take her into his arms and be like, I don't care about your stammers. I just want to like 
be your boyfriend or whatever. I just want to like pet your hair and hold you by the fire. Yeah. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. That's the kind of person she wants. And, and she doesn't know better. That's the kind of person that he is, though. I know. But then he'll also <gasps> spank you a little and dick you real good. Yeah. And threaten to strangle just, you when he's done. All those threatens to strangle, which really, you know, can heighten things in the bedroom. As long the as you sexiest don't... line in this whole book is I'll kill her myself. <laughs> We're not there I yet. Know. We're not there but, yet. God, my heart. <laughs> Sword. Okay. Sebastian Lord St. Vincent was the complete opposite of her dream lover. There was nothing kind, sensitive, or remotely boyish about him. He mm-hmm. was a predator who undoubtedly oh. liked to toy with his prey before killing it. Uh-huh. Staring at the empty chair where he sat, Evie thought about how St. Vincent had looked in the firelight. He was oh, tall boy. and lean, his body a perfect frame for elegantly simple clothes that provided a minimum of distraction from his tawny handsomeness. His hair, the <sighs> antique gold of a medieval icon, was thick and slightly curly with streaks of pale amber caught in the rich locks. His pale blue eyes glittered like rare diamonds from the necklace of an ancient empress. Beautiful eyes that showed no emotion when he <laughs> smiled. <laughs> the smile itself was enough to steal the breath from one's body, the sensuous, cynical mouth. The flash of white teeth. Oh, St. <laughs> Vincent was a dazzling man, and he well knew it. <gasps> Swoon. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I well know it, Lisa. I, thank we, you. We got, we got it. We got it. <laughs> that paragraph was enough. We understand now. <laughs> Point taken. Okay, so then I'm so sorry. Yes. He gets her into the carriage, and he has he already has sandwiches packed in that carriage. He made her a sandwich. He made her a couple of sandwiches, and by the time he steps into the carriage after her, she has humped one of them. Yes. And, like, he loves it. Okay, so then in the carriage, he immediately goes to reach down for her foot, and she pulls away and she's horrified and he's like I'm not going to molest you before we get to Gretna Green but I promise this is a really long journey and you're going to be more comfortable without your shoes and so then he unlaces her boots and takes off her shoes for her. You know how I love it when a hero takes off your shoes. I do too. And then he says also "Eh, I mean I'm just giving suggestions here but you might want to take off your corset too and she goes i'm not wearing a corset and he says damn girl (laughs) wow aren't you a happily (laughs) a happily proportioned wench (laughs) oh she doesn't want him to call her a wench she doesn't want to she doesn't know it's hot yet uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She so, she hasn't she hasn't learned when they're leaving. <laughs> he says, "Does anyone suspect that you might have come to me? Do, are we going to be maybe followed? People right. maybe know my carriage." And she's like, "Oh, oh God, no! No one would <laughs> ever think that I would be so demented as to go to the man who <sighs> just tried to rape my best friend." Mm-hmm. And he said, "You're going to injure my vanity." No, he says, "If my vanity wasn't so..." You know, I will read it. I okay. will read it all. I'm Please. trying to. I'm trying to truncate it for the sake of the podcast because we're on chapter freaking two. I know. Oh no! It's a good thing my vanity is so well developed. Otherwise, you'd have demolished it by now. She says, "I'm certain you've already had enough women to fortify your ba- vanity. You don't need one more." And he says, "I always need one more, darling. That's my problem. That's my problem." He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny and so. Oh um, my gosh, slutty. <laughs> I, I love it. So then he um he asks if like she thinks maybe just maybe there's a chance that she might enjoy sex with him enough to have it more than once, you know. No. And she says no. And he's like, "Oh, 
really had too many complaints yet. And she says, no, 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 no. I could enjoy it. I certainly hope I enjoy it, but it's not going to change my mind or change my decision because he, she knows him for what he is. And then he says, to end the chapter, you haven't begun to learn the worst of me. She says, I know what you're capable of. Uh, oh, yeah. And he says, oh, you I'm haven't so begun to learn the worst of me. You're right. <laughs> oh, golly. And I died. And I perished on the spot. Okay, so they're on the way. They're going to the place. They go through the night. It is freezing. It's freezing. It's uncomfortable. It's awful. You guys, in England times... (laughs) Please tell us all about England times, you veritable scholar. In England times, England and Scotland and the border and the journey to there, Yes, they didn't have any heat in their cars. No. So (laughs) it was really difficult. (laughs) They barely had closed windows. They barely had cars. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have the shocks. Also, the roads were bad. Yeah. Listen, they're just getting taught because they're going at a pa- a hot, like a big pace, fast one. At a breakneck pace, I would say. Like in Oregon Trail, when right. you go the fastest one, that's yeah. how they're do- grueling. I think it was the fastest grueling. one. Yeah. And you murder your oxen real quick. Yeah. But well, they're changing out their horses um, periodically. Anyway, I'm saying they're getting bo- bounced around in there. She hasn't slept. She has. She's all she's had is those sandwiches. It's very cold. It's very harsh, right? And he is very impressed that she's not complaining. And yeah. she's like, I mean, I can't really complain since I'm the one who's compelling us to move this fast. But he's still like very impressed. He says that wouldn't stop most women from complaining. <laughs> God, I love him. <laughs> okay, all right, Aaron. I need you to answer a scholarly England Times question for me because it just it just oh, occurred. Man. To me. Okay, it just let me fix to my me. bra. I'm ready. <laughs> while, while reading this book, now please yeah. know that I I was not an anti historical person before the podcast started. Why are we call me anti historical? I feel like that's a rough. Oh, you anti historical books? I thought you meant anti like learning about no. <laughs> no, I'm like i casually don't but i don't know that i'm anti <laughs> okay right. but please know that like at least once or twice a year a comfort watch for me is the 1998 version of pride and prejudice you know i'm not i'm not like a, a huge slouch on on this stuff i don't mean to like make enemies on the podcast oh, I'm but so like sorry. what are you about to say to me you don't want to make me an enemy, do you? Hmm? No, I don't know what. I don't know what you're. I don't, I don't know what, what you're referring to. What are you about to say about Colin Firth? What are you about to say? I'm not about to say anything about Colin Firth, but it's not the best Pride and Prejudice. I like How the one. I like the one where they talk fast at each other. That's the one I like. The fast talking one. That's the wrong answer. All right. You Fair you enough. don't have to be like smart and good all the time, Erin. You can you can make some mistakes. That's okay. what Sarah McLean No, that's what Jen Reed's romance said to me when I tweeted that St. Vincent was better than Derek Craven. That's <laughs> exactly what she that. said. It was like we can't No, it was Sarah McLean. She's like, mm, nice opinion. We can't all be right all the time. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> okay. So here's my question. What happens to the horses? Okay, because people owned horses, right? When they like, die? No, no. Like Lord Lord St. Vincent of the England Times Lordlings mm-hmm. owned the horses that they started with, right? Yeah. 
And then supposedly every three hours they go to a new coaching inn yeah. and they change horses and drivers. How does he ever in the in any other like where did how does he get his horses back? Well, he's got loner's horses and he'll get them on the way back. He'll get his horses back on the way back. That'll be the last stop. But then wh- who does the where does the coaching in get the next thing of horses that another carriage needs? Other people that are on the way back. It's like a rental car. How do you get how do you get it from the next inn up? Do the inns work together? How uh, I think they must. Who owns the horses and how do they get them back? I think they must work together. Because, like, okay, I I guess what I was thinking of, like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to get just fucking roasted. <laughs> I can already feel it in my bones. <laughs> but my thought was, there's, like, one road. Uh, yeah. There's one road. This sure. is the road from England to Scotland. This is yes. the King's Road, right? It's going. So it's, like, people go up it and people go back. So yeah. I just feel like if you've got horses, they go to the other inn and then you get them back on the flip side um, when people come back. Like, I feel like they all have to work together. If that's what it is. Maybe. Yeah. I just like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they loan out the Lordlings horses for the next, you know? They can't. He's the Lord. <laughs> that's like the valet driver driving around your car or whatever. Or like if you leave your car at a repair shop and then they go like cruising around in it i hear you i hear you i'm just i can't logistically make it work in my brain because then then what what happens when the next carriage comes and all the inn's horses are gone are you just fucked do you just have to like wait until Maybe your you horses have to just are stay there until your horse is arrested <gasps> wow that is but like that kind of shit happened all the time then it was like oh it's raining we can't go <laughs> or oh, axle true. broke we can't go like people weren't like prompt that's true all right all right you're right what if it died you know, what if your horse died? Golly. What if your horse died? You have to eat it. <laughs> you gotta eat it. Or climb inside for warmth. What did you... Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I just... Where did your brain go? The look on your face just... My brain went where it always goes, which is Jack London's to build a fire. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! You know where it goes. You know where it goes, Melody. Every time. And I can't... <laughs> Have I broken you for the rest of the podcast? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Curse you, freshman year English teacher, for traumatizing me with Jack London's to build a fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dog. <laughs> you knew where it went. Why did you ask? Where did your mind go, Erin? You well, knew where I it forgot, went. And then I and then I realized. <gasps> so <laughs> all right, so moving on. So anyway, as they go at one stop. He but wait, <laughs> this begs the question. If the horse dies and you don't crawl into it for warmth <laughs> to if it's steaming belly, um, yeah. <laughs> what do you do with it, though? There's a dead horse in the road. What do you do? I think you pay an underling of some sort to drag it to the wherever. To drag it to the wherever. <laughs> well, what I don't happens think they had the wherever? What do they do? Burn it? I don't think they had glue factories. Maybe, Maybe they would... Um, maybe they would harvest it for fat and make candles out of it. Is my answer That's what for I said, you? You gotta eat that horse. <laughs> you have to eat it. Maybe it went into a meat pie, a mince meat pie. I do love a meat pie. Okay, we have to move on. So at the stop that we see, he gets her like some some tea and a a hot liquor drink that's really <sighs> yummy. And, and then boy, 
And get her a hot brick for her feet. feet. Just make her feet feel so good. And I know what what you're thinking for your to yourself. Mm. What is Saint Sebastian Vincent, the Lord? Yeah. Where's his foot brick? Where is it? Where is his hot broth? Uh Who's taking off his shoes? Who's taking care of Saint Vincent? Why isn't it me? For the whole book, it's just, <laughs> oh, he's so selfish. He thinks of no one but himself. But like, Which is insane. He only gets that one foot brick, you bitches. That is an insane assertion after reading this book. How dare everyone. She gets so cozy on him. Boy. She, snu- she snurfles on him. Oh, man. He, he invites her in to just like snurfle on up and snuggle. Oh, I'm so sorry. We have to back up. Yeah. He once again tediously just selflessly yeah undoes her shoes and then he invites her to put her feet up on the seat and you guys she's so muddy she's like full oh of mud she's so she's all mud at this point mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. and then he ensconces her feet and then he says you come here girl you snuggle up on me because you haven't gotten any rest you know who also hasn't gotten any rest Aaron? who also has not been able to doze sebastian lord saint vincent <laughs> that's the one what does ensconces mean <laughs> It's like envelops to surround. Basically. What a word, Melody. Good job, Melody. <laughs> Thanks. Ensconces. I'm going to file that little nugget away. I'm going to ensconce something later. I'm going to put that in a book. I bet you are. I'm going to ensconce it right up. Okay, now I'm worried that's not she what it means. She ensconced his oh, penis no. with I'm her vagina. Quick. Ensconced it all the way around. Oh, wait. It's It's... Yeah. I mean, okay. It's not quite what I said. I'm so sorry. It's not to wrap something in, but it's a similar idea. It's um, establish or settle someone in a comfortable, safe, or secret place. I hit it even harder on the nail on the head. Yeah, you did. That was real specific. Wow. And you could ensconce a penis with your vagina. And I have. Hide it away in a (laughs) a special, (laughs) special secret spot. Cozy. It's super cozy in there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 So, boy, they do that snuggle. And she thinks to herself, oh, no, I have to make this hot drink last for as long as possible because he's only going to snuggle me while the drink is in my hand. And boy, Mm. is that not true. He takes it from her. And oh wait, I'm sorry. When she when he puts that hot brick, she says nothing has ever felt so good. And he says mm-hmm. to her, "Women say that to me all the time." <laughs> which I, I just can't even. And then he says, "Here, lean against me." And oh then, yeah. Oh man, she says she's never she had never experienced this physical closeness with a man oh. before. It seemed terribly wrong to enjoy it. On the other hand, she would have been she would have to be unconscious not to. Nature had squandered an unreasonable quantity of male beauty on this undeserving creature. Better yet, he was incredibly warm. She fought the urge to squirm deeper against him. The end. Don't fight it. Then it's about how soft his cozy clothes are. I mean, and his expensive cologne and the salty sweet scent of the skin. Okay, so then as the trip goes on, it's grueling, it's miserable, we covered that, but their snuggles get more and more natural, and boy, do they become elevated to a new art form, I would say. Elevated snuggles. Elevated snuggles. So he keeps on getting her hot drinks, and he keeps on rewarming the brick at every stop. At some point, they start snuggling to where he puts one leg up on the up on the chair seat and gets a little bit of that brick heat with yes. one leg. And she lays like all the way up his torso and he snar- snuggles her in the front, 
with his other ensconces, leg down. Ensconces her. Boy, does he ensconce her right up in his Ensconces her between arms. his legs. Yeah. And also strong thigh bones. Yes. So, and he's like got his other foot down because he wants to make sure that she never falls off that bench if a if a lurch happens or something. By the way, this whole time he's been calling her love and sweet and pet. pet. I love pet for some reason. I, I don't, don't know, know why. why. I should hate it. I Everything hate about it. me should hate he it. He sometimes calls her child, Melody, and I you know. have just pushed that right out of your brain. I did. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> then he takes her hand with his hand. Oh. I'm sorry. I will let you. I see your hand no, putting no. your hand up I, to no, my hand just... as if to say, this was my shit, and that's no. fine. No. It's no, as if I've transformed it. into like a very earnest worshiper and it's like the hand up with like the amen, you know, like this is my church. No. Oh, I thought you were ha- holding a halting hand no, no, to stop like me. A, it's like a testify. <laughs> it's like Okay, that. okay, okay. So she's settled ensconced between his ens- his ensconcing legs. Resting one of his stocking feet near the brick while the other foot remained on the floor to secure their balance. Evie's heartbeat quickened, her veins dilated with the rush of tingling blood as St. Vincent took one of her hands in his and began to toy with her cold fingers. He's toying with them. Like he toys with his prey before he eats it, remember? His hand was so warm, his fingertips (laughs) velvety. The nails mm-hmm. short and smoothly, smoothly filed. A strong hand, but one that unquestionably belonged to a man of leisure. Uh-huh. Don't hate it. St. Vincent laced their fingers together lightly, drew a small circle in her palm with his thumb, then slid Ooh. his fingers up to match them against hers. Although his complexion was fair, his skin was warm-toned, the kind that absorbed the sun easily. Oh. Eventually, St. Vincent ceased playing and kept her fingers folded in his. And they just held hands for the next, like, four hours, I feel like. Till they got to Vegas. Oh. To get married. Oh, I love them. Yeah, till they got to England times Vegas. And on the way, he she finds out that he had four sisters and a mom who all died, like, of influenza or cholera or something and in, in childbirth oh, Because and he was the heir. They sent him away. And then yeah. everybody in the house died while everybody he was died. gone. You guys, it's sad. Yeah, and he's been like, so. so we've got this poor tiny tiny little boy who's just been like basically abandoned by all of the women figures in his life you know how i feel about a rich sad boy oh boy i know (laughs) (laughs) you know how i feel about a rich sad boy and especially one that has to do things that he doesn't want to do no he doesn't want it but he's gotta or he really wants to do the bad thing but he can't because love has made him a better person (laughs) oh no (laughs) Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy, and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent would always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. 
There's a St. Vincent Wood Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Gen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So he realizes that on the way, like on the, before they get there, he realizes that she hasn't stuttered. Her in stammer's like gone. 12 hours. Yeah. And so he asks her about she's it. she's so comfortable. She says, I must be comfortable with you. Because it she has it sometimes. around men mostly that she doesn't know and other people that she doesn't know, but she doesn't really have it when yeah. she's with her close friends who she oh, knows God. love and accept her. Oh, my gosh. It, that does include that one he did kidnap and threaten yes. to rape. Yes. Well, and so we forgot to say this. It's so you might think to yourself, listener, and you're going to eat crow for this. All right. I'm just telling you right now. So buckle up, listener. Me? No, shut up. <laughs> no, we're berating listener right now, Erin. Oh, Get on listener, my side. You, <laughs> how dare you, listener? What did, what did they do? You might be thinking to yourself, how dare Evie? I've never had a bigger friendship flaccid oh, than for Evie. Yeah. And how dare you? Remember how we were so mad during Bully? <laughs> that that one girl like got with that bully that did bully yeah. her friend and we were like, we would never do we such would. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that if St. Vincent kidnapped you and drugged you and tied you up and said yep. that he would rape you and tried mm-hmm. to marry you and was only uh-huh. stopped due to the intervening force of your husband beating yes. the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. I would marry him so hard. <laughs> I would I I would go I to England times Scotland Vegas with him. <laughs> I would toss you away like so much trash and I'm so sorry, Melody. Aaron, I love back you. At you. But not that much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I will do anything <laughs> for Aaron. <laughs> But I won't give up St. Vincent. (laughs) I will not fuck this man who's fictional. (laughs) And already taken, frankly. How dare we? No, but back to the point. No, he would like me more than her. (laughs) I'm great. You really are just the best. Thank you. So listen, you might be thinking to yourself, how dare she? She's a terrible friend. But I need you to know that this whole time she has been lamenting the necessary actions she has to take. She's like, I know that I'm losing all of my friends by doing this, but I have to choose between my friends and my safety and the last hours that I have with my father. Yes. And this is my only option. And so I have to do it. And she feels horrible that she's doing this. She knows that she knows. these friends will never be her friends anymore. Yes. She's sad. So they get there. Woo! Woo! They check into the inn. There is a great scene with the Scottish innkeeper. It's great. It's fine. Yeah. Then they get to the blacksmith next door. Blacksmith is the one that does the marriages. Yeah. They do get, they get married. Well, I, just, uh-huh. they make it a very romance 
marrying mm-hmm. and they are both very like this is not romance yeah this is necessity um he says something about how oh, the heat between oh, oh, them I got it. Okay. he says this is a marriage of convenience there isn't enough warmth between us to light a birthday candle loved it so get on with it yeah oh my god i just oh i swoon and then the blacksmith says i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> i don't like you i don't like you and you know who doesn't give a fuck? Sebastian. No. Doesn't care. No, he's so tired. Then she she looks at those wedding rings. And he says, he balks at getting a wedding ring. He's like, we don't need a wedding ring. And then she looks up at him with her big doe eyes, her dark blue doe eyes. And he says, all right, fine. We can get her ring. Just look at the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And so she gets one. She's particularly interested in, in one with a Gaelic phrase on it. And she asks what it means. And it's it means my love is upon you. And so she's like, oh, never mind. I, I guess I don't want this one. And he grabs it and he's like, we're getting this. This is the one that she obviously wants. All right. So we're if taking she wants it. it she's getting my baby gets what my, my baby, baby wants. Gets what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so then they also do a hand fasting during the ceremony. And uh, I know, I know, Aaron loves a hand fasting. Word ups if you got married via hand fasting, because I did. That's right. That's the end of the story. And um, <laughs> and they're told. I don't have anything they... to say about it. It's just a <laughs> thing we did. Yep. yep. <laughs> Didn't have a ring, but I did have a hand fasting. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It I was. cried. Is that shocking you did to not. you? Listener? Did you cry? Come on. I was facing you. You didn't know you were behind me. I was behind you. Oh, yeah. yeah you cried <laughs> yeah it was it was demure and classy i wasn't the rest of the time you know who did but cry? i knew that wedding photos last forever Me? <laughs> i know you David. didn't cry <laughs> <laughs> it was so great okay wait so yes they are told that they cannot remove untie this ribbon until after they've consummated the marriage which first of all is a logistical nightmare i want that noted for the record guys if you want to do a hand fasting, it's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to have sex with the thing on. It's okay. Right. It's okay. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Or like retie it or something. You know, like make that a thing. But it is bad on. luck to ever untie the knot. What you should do is you should do slip knots, and then you should put something oh. through them, like a, a a ring or something, and then yeah. they don't ever get untied. Yeah. Completely. Hot. And gosh, I hope they're still tied up in that box in my garage. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> Put them in that box and haven't seen them since. So hopefully they're still knotted. Okay. Then the blacksmith charges them 82 pounds and change. And I did a bit of a scholarship, Aaron. I became an intellectual and I need you to know about it. All right. Do you want to know the conversion rate <laughs> of 82 pounds? <laughs> Just put on her glasses. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. 82 pounds to current. So 1843, 82 pounds to current. 1843? Yeah, they're in 1843. Yes, man. And they don't know about germs yet? <laughs> Jesus. No, apparently not. Get it's a the brand fuck new thing. with it, England. I know. I know. They're still bloodletting. <sighs> Guys, <sighs> if I would have been in 1843, I would have known about germs. I would have known about germs. I've known about germs my whole life. Right. So, she would have been that. like Claire, okay? <laughs> she would have been brewing up her own goddamn penicillin. I'm sorry. And you I'm know what? In, in yes. Aaron's book, 
<laughs> you would have known she was Herbsing, but you never would have seen it on the page. I'll tell you that much. Aaron's Outlander would be all mm. action all the time. Also, if I were to write a book that was in 1843, they would yeah. have known about germs because I don't do research. So That's think about right. that. <laughs> Okay, no. Right, what was your conversion rate? Okay, the conversion to now a times pounds is 10,487. Oh my gosh, that's so know. much. And then I did a conversion from now a times pounds to to right now American dollars. And that is 14,400 American dollars. Holy ballsack. I don't know if I'm so I'm more <laughs> mad about the blacksmith or the American dollar. <laughs> so that my God, it's so bad right now. It's real bad right now. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dollar, <laughs> dollar, get up there. Be used to be so great. <laughs> my man, that's a spendy wedding. But yeah, so I can't believe that he didn't protest more. Yeah. Like, now... I, I, I usually like, don't say this, but I'm glad you looked that up. That really <laughs> helped my reading experience. I know. Because I was like, come on, man. You're getting a quickie wedding. Like, you know, pay the $700. No! Uh-huh. It's like ten grand that he has to fork over. Which makes roughly zero sense to... Like, what did everybody else do commoners mm-hmm. supposedly went to england times vegas and got married they didn't they have just 10K. owed a debt and then they had to go to debtor's prison for the rest of their lives that was that then right they wow went to the they prison. just boned until they died in, in debtor's prison perfect they probably didn't put them in a cell together probably <gasps> had to oh my gosh it's a death trap the blacksmith's shop oh no <laughs> news flash no everybody wonder saint vincent was so pissed <laughs> This is not Vegas happy ending times. This no. is a debtor's prison trap. Don't go you to Gretna what, Green, Smith? England times, You folks. don't like St. Vincent's? I don't like you. We don't like you now. We don't like you. <laughs> Sentencing people to die alone yeah. in prison the day of their wedding. I don't Dare know you. if that's accurate at all. It's I don't certainly know what not. It's you know what I not. think? I think he probably saw a mark in saint vincent totally did they showed up they were clearly desperate they were covered in mud they said it was a marriage inconvenience so obviously they've rushed there for some reason they didn't have to have the ring the ring was 50 of the 82 pounds oh that's that's so that's a bit more affordable and like i think he saw mark he saw that he was a lord of some kind and that he was desperate so that's where that went i think yeah i mean get yours blacksmith you my know? god so then in all of those prides and prejudices movies yeah where they say things like her allowance is ten thousand a month that that's like millions that's of like dollars astro fucking nomical i'm sorry now i have a whole different view of sense and sensibility i when <laughs> Lizzie of course Bennett he didn't marry the sensitive that sister. shit down because he was kind of rude to her. Are you kidding me? She has principles. Wait, what's the what's the bad dude? The bad quote unquote dudes. Mr. Um, Collins? No, 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 no. The one in Sense and Sensibility. God oh, damn it! Mr. I don't know the names in Mr. and Sensibility. Oh, this is gonna Mr. Sensibility. I don't know his name. <laughs> Willoughby. Willoughby. Mr. Willoughby. When sure. he married that bitch for 50K pounds? 
Like, uh, how many? My God, how much did they get Wickham to marry that little bitch? (laughs) Holy shit. Wickham got like 5,000 pounds. Wow, Darcy really paid out on that one. She turned him down. She turned him down. (laughs) She turned him down hard. She turned him down and insulted him. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Wow, our minds are blown. <laughs> Listener, I am sickened. <laughs> yeah, Lizzie Bennett is a dumbass. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be Pride and Prejudice. It should be like story of an insane woman and like an overly desperate man. Can you imagine if you were that guy? And then, like, she turned you down. Like, you would just be like, okay, I guess she must hate me more. <laughs> like, so much. <laughs> it should Back be, then, like, you didn't story even have to really even hang out with your husband, like, ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, now, if, so, if, like, a billionaire proposes to you, you've got to be like, like, I don't want to live in cor- close quarters with you. You can right. just, like, fuck off to the countryside. It's true. Yeah, it should be story of an insane woman and a mildly rude but mostly socially awkward man. (laughs) Who could have married anyone he wanted in the world, but picked the second most pretty sister in this horrible family who was fine. She was fine. She's great. No, listen. She was fine. She was fine. Okay, but also Sense and Sensibility... Willoughby needs to be cut some slack. Listen, he did. Oh, wait, he did. I forgot about getting that underage girl pregnant and then abandoning her. I had forgotten about that until right now. He's still Mm. trash. It's fine. What did we read for this week? (laughs) (laughs) We have to get back to the story. (laughs) Wait, should we be done? No, we need the smooch before we can be done. We need the smooch. Oh, boy. And then are you we going to start? Are we going to start the next episode with like a bow chicka wow? Is that Full on sex scene <laughs> right at the beginning? Yeah, I dig it. That's the way we should start every episode. Um. Okay. So we have this wedding. No one kisses at the wedding. They just no. repeat after me. I take thee, my husband. But they feel during the wedding, though he's saying out loud, mm. "I have no affection for you whatsoever." Boy, is it sexually tense. There's just this like crackling lightning oh. force yeah. between them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then, <sighs> Melody, uh-huh. I just I feel like I'm bad at <laughs> words. I'm bad at thinking of words and saying them to talk about book, which is hilarious since it's like our side job. What this? <laughs> talking, thinking of words and talking about books. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've I've come to believe that listener uh-huh. listens to podcast because it's funny to listen to us try to talk about books. Yeah, you know what? It makes us approachable. There are plenty of podcasts that talk about book with words. <laughs> you know, I hear you. Yeah. There are plenty of podcasts that understood the concept of Pride and Prejudice before today. <laughs> romance podcasts even but they choose to be here with us with these two hot dummies listen i said ensconced today all right i said ensconced more than you (laughs) you did you really you really beat that horse yeah so i (laughs) oh and then crawled inside of it oh no i didn't know that was an accident (laughs) and it was all for nothing oh no (laughs) spoiler alert it's not a happy ending why is hey listener why do people like jack london what's that about <laughs> right yeah why do people 
read that. Why has he been so popular? Gosh, <laughs> Call of the Wild. Woof. Woof. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Anyways, so we have this really beautiful wedding. That's like there, there. All the daughters are singing a bunch of Scottish hymns, and he tips over the eighty-two and change, which is insane to me now. Like I want all of my change, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then they go outside. Their hands are still tied together. Is it raining? It's raining. It's raining. It's cold. <laughs> it's cold and raining. He and their gets hands her are under an together. awning. Before they get into the actual no. inn. No. Yes. Yes. You've made go too fast. Oh, please slow me down. They're tied together and she wants yeah. to untie the knot. They're walking. False. True. He wants to untie. Right. She, that's what I said. Is that not what I said? You said she. Mm. So they're walking. He yeah. wants to undo the knot because it's cumbersome. Yeah. She is concerned that if they undo the knot before he sticks it in her, that it will be um, it's a bad luck bad luck and right. so they're fighting over the knot they're under an awning while this is happening i thought they were walking no he gets her under an awning so that he can I like untie it. I think this it's so knot. much sexier in my mind when they're walking <laughs> <laughs> no so. they're under the gazebo all right they're already drenched they're and now they're under the gazebo I'm making a pride and I'm making a, an allusion to your favorite Pride and Prejudice version. Oh, I where they're understand. under the no, gazebo and they're, they're under an awning. Wet. Don't complicate this for me. So they're walking <laughs> in the rain and they're trying to undo this knot. Are they seriously <laughs> just standing is. under a awning? No, it's better than that. They're walking along and then he like manhandles her under the awning. That's what I said. They're walking order... along. I swear no, to God, Melody, I'm going to no, punch you in your man- digital face. <laughs> they're walking along. They're try- He's trying to undo the knot. No, he manhandles her under the awning and then he's trying to undo the knot before they walk in to the inn. And she's like, no, 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 don't, oh. don't undo the knot. And he when says, you said manhandle, I-, I thought you meant something different. No, oh. And then he, he says, I have no problem looking like a villain and a cad and all of these things, but I refuse to look like an absolute idiot. So we're undoing this knot. <gasps> and then she says, it's not going to look weird to them because this is England times Vegas. They, this happens all the time. And he's like, I won't do it. And then she says, no, no. And so as they're fighting over the knot, they're starting to like grapple oh a God. tiny bit. Oh my God. And oh then my God. boy, oh does God. he oh just... God kiss the shit out of her he just grabs her face <gasps> and just throws her up against this england wall and yeah. just snarfles the fuck out of her face and it is so fucking hot it's, it's so fucking so hot. hot so she doesn't know what to do and so she's just like and but yet she's into it and she wants to let him know like this is great and so she just she just like pushes her closed mouth up against him Mm-hmm. And and like you know is really excited, and so then he pulls back and he starts like doing these tiny kisses on her face, and then he starts like you know biting her bottom lip or something amazing, and then he finally gets her mouth open a tiny bit, and man does he teach her how to make out, Ugh. and then he's got his hand at the small of her back, and then he's got his hand on the nape of her neck, his free hand, the the tied up hand listener is pressed up against that wall. Okay. Yeah. Imagine that oh. knot that cannot <laughs> around their wrists up against mm-hmm. that wall. And oh, remember, yeah. also crucial, crucial. Everyone's soaking wet. Soaking wet. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Just yeah. there's water like like dribbling down their temples and stuff. So. And so then she grabs with her free hand, she grabs the nape of his neck and and then he he, he kisses up to her ear everyone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he starts he starts licking like the rim of her ear and then he comes back down he's breathing into her ear he's doing that big breathe mm-hmm. and then he comes back down and they do more makeouts and then he pulls back and they are they are breathing as if out of they breath have, oh they've run a three mile race and you know what guys they've consummated this with <laughs> the knot on it's well it- and that's my favorite part because then he he like lo- so he sorry you so are flustered back. my dear I'm flustered <laughs> my pet my sweet yeah. stop it Aaron <laughs> Aaron <laughs> I'm having very confusing feelings okay don't complicate it more <laughs> so <laughs> so he pulls back and they're breathing so hard and he very methodically takes his free hand and he undoes the knot and like basically gives her the opportunity to say no and so there's this tacit agreement between them that this kiss is so good Mm -hmm. that this marriage is legal already it's done oh my god so he does undo that knot and they go up stairs (laughs) (laughs) and then he carries her over the threshold and she says you don't have to and he's like we've already shirked enough traditions i'm not gonna do this also she's like you're barely standing up after this journey she's very tired very muddy and also she's just been kissed boneless outside in the rain i mean and then they do (sighs) a bath yeah she gets it well let's 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 do the bath next time all right we'll start with the bath okay and then we'll get into it all right, so we're okay. not going to start off with just hardcore sex. We're going to start off with some <laughs> we'll, we'll ease you into hardcore it. historical sex. That's we're right. Start There'll off be a with little some, bit of foreplay when we come back next some time. Some bathing, some snoozing, some untangling of hair, some dream foreplay. Erin, was it? <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was real, but it was a dream, but it was real. But it was real. Oh, man. So good. Okay. Aaron, do you have a lady love? I do. Wow. I do. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Are you a 35-year-old woman with no kids? Because <laughs> No. I know. But if you're a 35-year-old <laughs> woman with kids, you probably have in your house Food for kids. Mm. Things like Kraft Blue Box macaroni and cheese. Sure. Things like frozen chicken nuggets. But if you're a 35-year-old woman with no kids, you may have forgotten about frozen chicken nuggets. And you may <laughs> just walk past them at the store like, I'm an adult. Why would I get frozen dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets? Right. Deep fried and frozen with rib meat. That's not good for me. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes your husband goes to Costco and he yeah. comes home and you say, David, did you get lunches for me? The yakisoba noodles that I like, the fro- frozen ramen bowls that I like, the uh-huh. chicken fried rice bowls that I like. And then he'll say, yes, my pet, of course I got you those things. <laughs> also, I picked up an extra large bag of frozen chicken nuggets. <laughs> and you'll think, strange. <laughs> I'm an adult woman. <laughs> but 
but my god just chicken nuggets are so good and so i ask you if you are a childless person to go go back to the terrible foods of your youth Mm. because oh man that nugget was just that tyson rib meat that singular nugget matter nugget Oh, no. Those 18 nuggets. (laughs) Yes, that's the way to do it. (laughs) They were a delectable treat. They were not good for me. They should not. I am am in a sodium situation that is a problem right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're not an everyday food, but they are. You guys, they are a food, and you may have forgotten that. Yeah. That's what I have today. Man. Speaking of, I'm going to drink water. One of the things that I rediscovered in the first trimester of my pregnancy with, with Ember was shitty, awful for you, public school grade frozen fish sticks. Yes. It's all I wanted. Yes. All I wanted was like terrible food that you only give children. Mm -hmm. Like the beer battered fish sticks. No, fuck you. Get it out of my face. I don't want that. I want the terrible. Square. Cheapest. They have to be square. They have to have pork in them. They have to be a rectangle (laughs) shape. Oh, man, those fish sticks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, hey, this was wonderful. Yours was going to be... God damn it, (laughs) Melody! (laughs) I can see it in your stupid face right now. (laughs) Mine was chicken nuggets. And then in the episode description, it's going to be like, Aaron's lady love. Chicken nuggets shaped like dinosaurs, and it's going to be like Melody's Lady Love, a poem about your soul. All right. So hiatus was wonderful. I read a lot of romance books. I talked to a lot of romance people. It was really awesome. But one of the other things I did was I read a couple of non, oh, well, in one case, I reread a non-romance book, but I read a couple of non-romance books, but I reread... Audra Lord's A Burst of Light and Other Essays. And uh, I knew knew it it was sentimental. I knew it was literature. I knew it was something you were going to read aloud to the listener. Can we just talk about how well I know your fucking face? Can I talk about that for a second? I knew from the look on your face, you were getting ready to read them a poem. That's how well I know you. Oh, that's true. It's not a poem. And please verify it for the listener. I have not been tipped off in any no. way. <laughs> no, Aaron Chicken Nuggets Melody. <laughs> All right. So we often talk about romance as like an act of self-care and a way to like be in the resistance, right? Or, you know, it's it's on Twitter a lot. And a lot of people don't get that when, like, outsiders, they don't get it. And I understand that. On the face of it, it seems, well, wrong, right? Like, if, if you don't understand romance, if you don't understand the function that it serves in people's lives, if you don't understand the way that it shows the possibilities of, like, what life could be then you're not going to understand it. A lot of people think it sets feminism back. Like a lot of feminists don't like romance because they don't understand what it is. Right. So as I was reading this, it's a a really, it's a, it's a really well-known quotation, but 
it just struck me once again as I was rereading it. So it's caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. So I just want everybody to remember that when things are getting you down and all you want to do is read your romance. Taking care of you is an act of political warfare. We need to be bolstered. We need to be supportive. We need to be supported. And we need to be 100% so that we can give 100%. And if that for you is reading a romance and seeking out titles that that show happy endings for people who are often not given happy endings in greater media, if that is reading romance so that you can support incredibly talented women authors, and if it's just something that you do because it makes your heart happy and it makes you feel good, then that is just as valid. So what you said about being 100% so that you can give 100% is something people toss around a lot, especially if you're a parent or if you have a tough job or you're a caregiver in any way, that kind of thing. But somebody said it recently that you just need to be, you need to be 100% for you. Like, it's not like Mm. we need to do self-care or we need to be happy so that we can care for others or so that we can be present in our marriage or so that we can take care of our kids or our work, or our, you know, whatever, right? We just need to be 100% period. It's not so we don't need to fill the cup just so that we can keep emptying it out for others. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I never heard anyone say that before. I always hear it, especially when in regard to women, the other way of, of like, course. you can't empty your cup, which we know you want to do because you're a woman and emptying cups because is what Yeah, you've been socialized to give and give and give and give and give because everyone deserves care but you. Right. No, you just need to be a full cup. Like whether you empty Mm -hmm. it is your choice. um, And that's not the reason why you need to be a full cup. You're entitled to a full cup. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good point because I think part of our socialization tells us that giving 100% is the goal, is literally giving our energy to other people. And that too. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of giving 100% being just like existing at the best you can, no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I ate those chicken nuggets with a hundred percent of my, I emptied my whole cup. Chicken nuggets. (laughs) I I spent all of my energy. You filled your whole cup. I did with with those 1400 calories of chicken nuggets this afternoon. And I loved it. (laughs) My cup is filled. (laughs) All right. All right. Where can they find us? Wow. They can find us everywhere. We got this. We got that review. I can't not. Well, we were on hiatus. We got a review that said that every time I say where they can find us, it sounds like I'm in a hostage situation with a gun <laughs> to my true. head. And somebody's asking me for the codes. I love it. It's true. Um, oh, they Do can me- find us. Uh, <laughs> um, Facebook Heaving Bosoms. Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. Twitter uh-huh. at heaving underscore bosoms. Yeah. Website heavingbosoms.com. The website right. is where you can find links to our merchandise at T Public and um, Chickaloo Kate yeah. and Redbubble. Yeah. Hey, I should, we should shout out real quick. Last episode that just aired was The Duchess Deal, which was the impetus of Darkwing Duke, which is one oh, of my yeah. favorite one of our bits. And 
on our Tee Public merch store, we have this beautiful painting it's done like by the Rachel best Ross. Art we have, I yeah. think. It's my favorite, I think. But it's the most inside of all the jokes because it only happened on one it episode. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Darkwing Duke is something that you can own on merch. I just want to put that out there. It's That's gorgeous. Yeah. You may also access our Patreon from our website. And the Patreon yeah. is where you can find over, I think, I'm going to put a number out there, 50 episodes of content, oh. extra content. Oh, no, Aaron. It's like 99 now. And that does not include like tiny extras. Those are yeah. all bonus episodes. Yeah. And videos, uh, additional book recaps, mostly melodies. And uh, <laughs> movies and extra author interviews and all kinds yeah. of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It's yeah. so fun. What else? The HB Reading Embrace is on there. Oh, and hey, everybody, when you're doing the embrace, when you tag us in the social media posts, like on Instagram or something, don't just put our name in the in the comments, you know, please tag us in the actual photo because then it ends up in our mentions gallery and other HBs can look at that and say, oh my gosh, they used this book for keep being a badass or right. this person used this book for morality boner. And it's plus, or it's so fun and I want to say forever. And use the hashtag HB reading embrace, which I've yes. put on all of the things. Hashtag HB reading embrace. No, do they that. do that Get too. crazy with that hashtag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Use the hashtag. We love it. I look at it like at least once a day, usually, just to see if there's anything new. I love it. Anyway, so yeah, that's the reading embrace. And keep being a badass. And <laughs> love yourself. Oh love yourself I... as, as much as you love the principled Lizzie Bennett. Oh, <laughs> what were you doing? You were going Jack London, weren't you? I didn't want to do that to you. Oh, God, you did it to me, though. You did it to me. You weren't going Jack London. No, I was just going to, like, describe a lot of things I like about St. Vincent and then say that I could never love myself so much because I would die for him (laughs) and forsake my best friend. And But now all I can think about is putting my hands inside a live dog. Man, remember that time when you just looked... But not too alive, mostly dead, still a little alive, just (laughs) shoving my hands right in there. I'm sorry, trigger warning from my head. (laughs) Remember that time where you looked at my face for point two seconds and knew exactly the type of lady love I was giving and yet uh-huh. I looked at your face for 1.5 <laughs> seconds and then you traumatized <laughs> me with something that was not even in my head yes. I'm a terrible friend I mean, you guys are you guys always say oh Melody she's the intuitive one she's the no. one that has all the no empathy. it's Aaron no it's me bitch. it's Aaron it's <laughs> okay well Okay. <laughs> Keep being a badass. <laughs> love yourself as much as you love the crazed Lizzie Bennett and how stupid no, she is. No, no. St. Vincent and his dark angelness. How he and the gets way that you he that threatens you. And he puts it on your foot. Ugh. Yeah. He threatens you, but really inside he's pledging his undying devotion. Guys, it's kind of like that guy. Remember that guy? Uh, that I'm sorry. The podcast is still going, everyone. <laughs> Apparently. If you... If you turned it off when everybody was doing the where you can find us, you made a big mistake because I'm still going. Remember that cowboy? Which one? The one with the like that was like the silhouettes on the cover that punched. Oh, cord. Cord. There was something so hot about how everyone thought he was Uh, a vicious murderer that had her captive. Uh That he was so sweet. 
Oh, that's what I want. Here's what I want is I want everyone to think that my husband is a vicious murderer that has yes. me captive in our it's house. So danger. And just looks at me yeah. with these like sympathy eyes of like, how do you live with that monster? Mm-hmm. Gosh, but then you hot. get home and he is like, and he's just like, can I massage your way. shoulders? Are you cozy enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I buy you a $10,000 ring? I guess. You know? <laughs> yeah. He didn't know it at the time, though. When he yeah, got the can ring, I he didn't accidentally know. buy you an $8,000 ring. Although, the truth oh. is, when they billed him for that at the end of the wedding, he could have said, given Keep it your back. ring. Yeah. Yeah. He's he could have said, Fuck that and fuck you. Her. He got I her know. like an $8,000 ring. Because guess what, Aaron? Love his her. love is upon her. His love is upon her. <laughs> the one that he takes the ring. No, 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 no. Oh, That's no, next time. It. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Bye. Right, bye. <laughs> Man, we give good episode when we're when we're rested. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.